Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business Council, the voice of American business in Nigeria. Business Exchange is a bi-weekly program where business executives and experts share insights on how business works. And then we also have a deep dive into the different sectors and what we need to know about the different sectors. My name is Margaret O'Leary and I'm your host. Today, we will be talking about blockchain technology and IP enforcement. Sounds like something that's out of the moon, but yeah, we are going to be talking about that uh, today. You know, the, the, the reality is that blockchain uh, technology has received widespread attention for its potential to virtually transform every sector of our economy from finance, healthcare, logistics, to even the conversation that we are talking about today. We have seen the growth of this sector in new digital um, space and, and platforms like uh, the NFTs, you know, and, and, and even things that continually would um, continue to emerge uh, on, on our plate. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of, of that. Uh, we have also seen that uh, blockchain um, technologies have helped us to be able to record and distribute information. And, and we have seen um, issues around the, uh, the growth of the cryptocurrency systems uh, like the Bitcoin, where you know, blockchain plays a very critical role. So I, I read somewhere that Bloomberg uh, report, uh, recently reported that the Nigerian Exchange Limited would um, start a blockchain-enabled exchange platform in 2023 to deepen trade and help young investors to the market. So it also tells you about how um, blockchain technologies are helping to unlock uh, job opportunities um, all over. Uh, before I continue, I'm going to uh, introduce uh, some very, very um, interesting person who's going to be having this discussion on blockchain and IP enforcement. Was my guest today is Abi Aruna. Now, Abi is the managing council and a board member of the Oracle Software Nigerian Limited. He is a digital infrastructure enthusiast. He has to be <laughs> for us to be having this conversation today. Um, he's, he's been engaged in an, as an advisor to a number of local and international boards. He has also been a pioneer member of corporate leadership uh, teams in Nigeria, Sub-Saharan Africa, and has, also, has been an active member of uh, uh, African Focus Trade Association. So uh, Aruna has played in a, a lot of fields within Oracle and has supported a lot of um, teams within and led actually a lot of teams, you know, within corporate, commercial, regulatory policy issues. Um, you know, multiple sectors, information, communication technologies, telecoms, and the list really goes on. As we said, you know, he's a legal counsel, so he's a lawyer, he has an LLM, and he also has an MBA. So, Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Margaret. Uh, on this wet, wet day in Lagos, uh, yeah. thank you for that very flattering <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that would kind of warm up, warm up our space a bit because I, you know, I, I just like I can't even explain, uh, you know, how everywhere is right now. But that's okay. Yeah, plants grow. Yes. <laughs> okay, so let's let's dive right into the the conversation and just to give us a sense of, you know, an understanding of what blockchain technology is, you know. Um, what really is this at a high level? Just, you know, give us a sense of what it is because, you know, everyone hears about it, but I can tell you that, you know, when it comes to discussing this in, this in details becomes a major 
um, challenge explaining what it is. And, and also while we're doing that, what is the essential use of blockchain technology? Yes, Margaret, thank you. I think that's the beginning of the question. What is blockchain? Um, to give a very layman answer that's not complicated, the blockchain technology or blockchain essentially is um, holding a set of information or data in a block. Now, apart from holding it in a block, encrypting that data and also making it immutable, right? Then you put it on a public ledger that is decentralized. So in summary, the key elements to understand uh, what a blockchain technology means, it means the ability to hold data in a block, encrypt that data, make it immutable. I mean, you can't tamper with it and spread it across public ledgers, a decentralized system. To give an analogy and to simplify it, if you put data on one website or on a server, encrypt it, but it's not decentralized, so that's off-chain. But blockchain is the converse. It's decentralized. So I hope, I hope it's not as confusing as, as it can sound. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I mean, we're, we're keeping the block slowly. I'm, I'm sure at, at before the end of this, we would all get well-educated in this space. Um, so so uh, we'll get back to this part of uh, the conversation. But yeah. I, I just want to ask that, um, you know, we have seen, like I said, um, the organizations like the Nigerian Exchange saying that you're going to be starting an, a blockchain-enabled um, exchange platform um, uh, in 2023. And, and the, the concern remains that when one technology comes, another one fails. Uh, do you think that, you know, the blockchain technology would replace other technologies and which ones would really die as a result of, you know, blockchain technology? I mean, we're talking as if it's not already here, but it's here. Or do we see a situation where, um, you know, these technologies will coexist, you know, um, somehow complementing themselves and even further enha enhancing the various space that they exist? Fantastic. I think that's a good question. I think blockchain technology is another kind of disruptive technology. The same way we have um, technologies that have disrupted maybe the, the transportation space, like uh, Uber, Lyft, Bolt, right? The blockchain technology is coming to disrupt traditional um, digital asset space, right? So it now okay. has a it has a number of applications. I think you mentioned one of the applications uh, at the intro, cryptocurrencies. It also has a number of other very interesting applications, right? Whether it's intellectual property, in the medical field, in insurance, you know. So, um, short answer to your question, is it, going to, is it going to take over other forms of technology? I suspect it will be a mix right they will cohabit increasingly blockchain over time depending on acceptability by the public will take more and more importance 
but it, it won't totally make them other types of technology uh, redundant for digital assets. So in a nutshell, it will continue to take importance, but it, it won't totally eradicate it. It's a type of disruptive technology. And like all disruptive technologies, they tend to want to displace older technologies, but they don't render them completely irrelevant. They just, it's just a new way of doing things. Yeah, well, for me, sometimes the new way of doing things could be the good way of doing things and maybe the easier way of uh, getting through things. But obviously, we'll get to know that, you know, as we move on. Um, and, and, and again, I know that um, I'm sure you're aware of, you know, the, the launch of uh, the e-Naira by the central bank, I think some months back, uh, where, the, you know, they, they talked about, you know, doing this to allow financial inclusion and, uh, you know, uh, the fiscal benefits, it may ultimately help to boost the economy. You know, um, do, you, do you see any other... Um, regulatory agency or government agency in Nigeria employing blockchain technology in the way and manner central bank has deployed it or you know uh, I, 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 do you I mean you're, you don't work with government but at least being in the in that space you probably will have some uh, intel that could help us you know understand what's happening in terms of uh, the acceptance by uh, regulatory agencies plus I mean obviously we know that this would help uh, improve uh, access, improve the ease of doing business. So how how do you see this happening? Again, another very interesting question relating to the adoption of the use of the technology by public sector institutions, maybe private sector institutions, and maybe even regulators, right? I think the technology, the blockchain technology uh, lends itself by nature of its characteristics, you know, it lends itself to use by um, regulators, public sector entities, right? Because it operates on a public decentralized distributed ledger, right? So it's possible for people who interact with the technology to, to, to sort of have their transactions validated real time, right? So okay. the, the central bank, you know, has talked about INAIR, and I, I think recently I read where the central bank said they would um, they would apply sort of to secure to secure that to secure the INAIR, they would apply um, uh, it's it's called sometimes a security future where where each user, maybe on their phone, and the number they've uh, indicated, they will get some kind of authentication. The same way you have with bank tokens, right? If you're doing a, an online transaction in Nigeria, right? So to answer the question, I think there will be an increasing adoption of blockchain technology by public institutions. The way we see with the central bank, we're likely to see that with other public institutions. For instance, another very interesting application of the technology, but this time not in the financial sector, will be to see the land validation, land tenure system 
land validation system in Nigeria, like if, if you want to validate your certificate or occupancy or your land titles, you know, being able to do that online, real time, you know, using the blockchain technology. So you find the various uh, land registries, whether in the various states at the federal level, you know, will find this kind of technology very useful. Another interesting application, potential application of technology, it's possible in the education space, you know. Hmm. Particularly, that's, that's a very good one. Yes. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> yes, public institutions, tertiary institutions, uh, secondary, secondary institutions, ministries of education, but at the federal and state. So if you want to validate, those are certificates that we know. <laughs> your BSc, your PhD, your uh, secondary school leaving certificates, ETC. Uh, you know, it's possible to deploy that validation process using the blockchain, you know, because mm. of the peculiar advantages it, you know, it gives. Currently, if you want to validate your certificate or your transcript, sometimes you have to write to the school, email to email the school, the university will confirm, check, you know, and, and come back to you. That process itself, this manual process, which is not automated, can take anywhere from maybe a couple of days to weeks or months, right? Mm. But if if you use a blockchain, if that technology is deployed such that that data, remember at the beginning when I was talking about definition of blockchain, I said it's the ability to hold information, um, encrypt that information as data, have it decentralized, uh, have it immutable, you can change it. So applying it to this instance of the validation of certificates, educational certificates, right, or diplomas, you'd find maybe a public institution or the school itself will be the registry that will have all data of certificates or diplomas, you know, stored in a decentralized system and users, which can be X, can be students, alumni or employers or other tertiary institutions be able to access that database online real time and validate that a diploma is correct, you know. So that's that's another application other than the another potential application other than the central bank. Then you also okay. have the land registries, ETC. Oh yeah, the, the land registries. That's that's another one. That's another very good one. You know, I I, I'm, I want to look at the other side of the topic, which is intellectual property, which also in itself uh, is a very hot topic in Nigeria. Uh, I know that um, I, I I read a report from Techtabal that Nigeria um, signed a three-year intellectual property right agreement with developing Africa Group uh, to create a marketplace again for Nigerians where they can sell their IP rights and uh, receive royalties. And with this in place, what would you think may be the intersection between IP and blockchain in really enhancing the opportunities that exist um, here? Maybe a triple barrier festival, I'm sure you can get that. Just. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Margaret. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is a very interesting question, right? Because again, this is the intersection between blockchain 
and intellectual property. You know, it's an application to you know um, intellectual the intellectual property space. Let me start by saying that the World Intellectual Property Organization is very active in this space. They established a blockchain task force, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, and that committee, you know, has a mandate to sort of define parameters and governance around, you know, how the blockchain uh, technology can be deployed, you know, to support, you know, the IP ecosystem. So at the highest level globally, you know, uh, the WIPO, which is the World Intellectual Property Organization, is already doing very encouraging work there. Now to come to drill down, you know, to your question, blockchain technology you know, for intellectual property protection, it lends itself to easy use because remember what block the blockchain essentially does is to validate the authenticity and security of a digital asset, right? So what are intellectual properties, right? Intellectual properties are non-tangible, non assets like trademarks, patents, logos, designs, and all of that. Now, if we are able to digitize the database for all these assets, right, using the blockchain, and so that regular users of, you know, intellectual property uh, rights documents are able to, with a touch of a button, validate, interact, you know, interrogate databases without the long processes of doing it manually or writing. You you just you just imagine the potential, how it simplifies the workflow. So again, that space is one that has very promising prospects, right? Because what what the blockchain will do is that it will keep that data in an immutable ledger, right? It will be a non-fungible digital asset. And that's what you, you probably mentioned at the intro of this podcast, NFT, non-fungible digital assets, right? So huge, huge space. So you have uh, the, the, the soft or the digital, digital records, digital trademarks, right? Digital registries, you know? So that's, that's the potential to fasten transactions, make authenticate them, validate them, make them immutable, make them very secure, make them encrypted. So a lot of potential there. But again, with all these advantages, um, a lot more work needs to be done, right? Okay. Uh, a lot more work in terms of what's the governance, right? Because you're going to have uh, databases in various IP registries, right? Maybe the IP registry for let's say Nigeria, and there's an IP registry in other jurisdictions. How do these registries talk to each other? That's interoperability. What's the governance of each registry from one jurisdiction to another, you know, ETC? I think those, th those, those kinds of issues in the medium and long term, you know, 
will, will come, an alignment will need to be achieved with those kind of issues to ensure uh, smooth and seamless deployment of the technology to the IP ecosystem, you know, globally. Okay, well, I mean, it looks like you've uh, picked, uh, beat some pieces of the next, um, well, without question, but that is the next uh, th uh, thing on that you kind of wanted you to share. And, and that's if you were to, well, I think you can still give me your own version of uh, prediction. If you were to look at uh, the whole sectors we have in Nigeria, and then you say, which one sector can this really unlock opportunities, resolve issues around, um, you know, governance and a lot of other things that we have just, that you've just mentioned, which one, which sector? I mean, if you were, if we had the, if we're just restricted to one sector, I could use blockchain for X, which, what would X mean? Well, I mean, uh, I, I, this, this is why we have the opportunity to be here to, to share, to share what, I mean, if there was someone else was here, then maybe they had their own perspective, but this is, this is your perspective, so we're so wrong with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm a bit biased because I'm, um, um, because I'm, I'm an attorney, I'm a lawyer, so I, I think my first instinct will be to point to somewhere in the legal space, like um, like in the uh, IP ecosystem, right? IP registries. But let me leave my sort of leave my comfort zone, you know, and point okay. to other spaces where the application of blockchain technology can truly be revolutionary, right? I think in the health sciences, medtech, health tech. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I think that's that's one space. Nigeria has a population, the population of Nigeria is said to be over 200 um, million, right? And imagine if we had, you know, uh, uh, an encrypted, valid, authenticated digital digital medical record system, you know, the impact that will have on the healthcare, you know, ecosystem in Nigeria, you know, I, I think that will be tremendous, right? At the touch of a button, you'd be able to access uh, authentic records for doctors, for patients, you know, that interaction, you know, will be faster, will be more, will be more precise, you know, the, the, the ability to, you know, diagnose, you know, at the touch of a button, you know, and save lives, you know. So I, I think that's that's one space where I think uh, the potential can truly be tremendous. You know, imagine having smart medical records, right? Smart, uh, smart databases for medical records. Uh, the, the potential there is truly, will be truly defining, you know, not only for, for Nigeria, but I think for the world, right? So that that's that's one possible application. Just to mention, ironically, the te technology is already being deployed in the luxury goods space. Some producers of okay. luxury goods, right, to to sort of validate or authenticate those very expensive handbags. Some of our ladies. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to point to you, Margaret. <laughs> well, 
I don't want to mention the brands. <laughs> Just go ahead. <laughs> those, those, uh, those, uh, those, yeah, Gucci, LVMH, those very high, high, uh, those very, those very pristine luxury brands, right? You know, you find that some, some of those brands, not the names are called, but some of them in that space have creatively deployed the blockchain technology so that when you're when you work into a high-end shop, you know, in some parts of the world, and you pick up a, a, a bag that costs several thousands of dollars, you know, you can easily validate through the use of the blockchain whether that bag is authentic. It's not a it's not a, a counterfeit, right? So, so that's those are two two very extreme uh, applications. One where it's life and death. Another where it's pure pure luxury. Luxury. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but I mean that that's 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 very that's very helpful as well. For for me, I I I I I hear you when you talk about health again. Maybe because I I have a soft spot for that area. I, I believe that this is one area that we can do so well in terms of, you know, um, helping straighten up the, uh, that space, um, improve, um, improve understanding and knowledge and, and, and helping, you know, practitioners also have a grip of, of, of what they're doing and having understanding of, you know, um, the, the patients and, and all. And that would obviously improve patient safety and, 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 overall just unlock the opportunities in in that space as well so for the luxury bts i mean you, you don't want to spend a lot of money and then at the end of the day you find out that what that you're, you're paying someone who just created his own uh, counterfeit at the back of his house right uh, very unfair yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah so <laughs> you know, the pay, I, I mean, as well, just pay what I'm, know that I'm paying for what I'm paying for, right? Not uh, paying for something completely of, of, of track. So, so what, one area that we have uh, not focused on is the small and medium enterprises. Uh, you know, obviously in Nigeria, we know that, uh, you know, this group contribute 48% of the GDP, according to what they said in the last five years, according to a PwC report. And, and you know, 90% of the manufacturing sector, you know, in terms of number, are part of these, um, you know, SMEs. How can the blockchain uh, help grow the space or at least uh, enhance the uh, efficiency and effectiveness, you know, of 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 that um, of of these enterprises. Yes, it, it can it it can have application for uh, small and medium scale enterprises, and I think the way we can look at it is from uh, two perspectives. One, maybe en enabling the ease of doing business, because I think in that space the big the biggest some of the biggest challenges uh, in that space is uh, the ease of doing business so um it can be deployed you know in terms of uh, validation of all their uh, incorporation documents right you know imagine a small scale business is putting in a bid to supply goods to maybe a local 
a local hospital or a local school, right? And you know, they need to validate that it, that that medium scale business, you know, meets certain certain criteria, right? You know, and I think in advance in advanced economies, you have a database of of all these entities, right? And what they can do. So that's one application. On the flip side, if if um, certain institutions deploy the blockchain technology, it's also possible to have this uh, smaller businesses, you know, be able to maybe like like opening a bank account if they need to open a bank account, right? To prove to to prove their business address and other requirements to enable them, you know, conduct their business. Some of those things can be moved, you know, to the blockchain technology so that the velocity, you know, the the seamlessness and the speed at which they are able to do business, you know, is sort of facilitated. So that's those are some possible use cases, you know, for the small and medium scale uh, enterprises. Let, let me just say, uh, permit, permit me to put out a disclaimer, Margaret. Even okay. though I'm an, I'm an attorney, right, and I work for Oracle, but by no means all I've said is advice to, to, mm -hmm. to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to companies, anybody to use. You should consult the services of a professional, an attorney, an expert, trained in this field right because he will now look at the specific he or she will now look at the specific case right of a specific instance or specific facts so that they give you a bespoke they give you a bespoke uh, opinion whether it's for intellectual property or it's more technical related in terms of how to deploy uh, deploy blockchain technology Okay, now that we are getting into these legalities, I'm just wondering how do people, how do lawyers get um, build capacity? How are we able to build capacity for um, lawyers who have interest to go right into, um, you know, focus on on blockchain technology? I, I know one or two lawyers in recent times who told me or they, they went for a training in the in this area. Uh, do you do you foresee a situation where this could get into the curriculum? of you know um law schools in in nigeria or at least yeah law schools in in, in the country or, or do you are they already doing that in other countries do you know yes that that's a that's a, actually a brilliant question margaret because it's an evolving area right and and it's a disruptive it's a disruptive technology so we're we're, we're right at the cops of development in that area right I'm not too sure about schools um, in Nigeria, but clearly there are certificate programs, certifications available online, right? Where, where and accessible from Nigeria, where, where um, lawyers or attorneys can go to skill up. And I imagine in the near future that a, a more robust, uh, digital digitally aligned curriculum which includes blockchain you know will be introduced in you know 
in, in Nigerian uh, educational legal system. I don't have my facts, you know, as a date, what, what that curriculum looks like, you know. I don't I don't want to reveal when I left school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't we want to reveal when I left school. <laughs> <laughs> that would be for the audience to find out, you know. When did Abby leave school? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, but, but the abundance of courses online, certifications online, right? And some from some very reputable institutions where uh, lawyers interested in this space can skill up. Certainly. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, I I I know I'm looking at another looking at the time and I know we're running out of time a bit, but I must ask this question, and that is this whole thing about, you know, what are some of the practical challenges we have seen or we are likely to see in the application of, of uh, blockchain technologies? Because, you know, some people are saying, well, this whole blockchain technology, um, using blockchain in different fields, uh, you know, uh, could this really be overhyped? Is it, is it, what are, what are those practical challenges? The practical challenges of uh, using blockchain the, the, the application, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I mentioned some uh, initial... I know you did, but at least maybe for, for, the, for the audience to get a clear, because that was said in the middle of a lot of other things, but I want us to kind of capture that. Yeah, because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's good to know. Yes, yes, that's... that's uh, you, you're spot on, Margaret. It's really good to know. So um, one is interoperability, right? Another is governance, and probably more important than most is regulation, right? If you look at the developments around cryptocurrency, you know, and some of those uh, famous, famous digital coins or digital wallets, right? You see the 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 fluctuation, right? The massive, the erratic nature. So definitely regulation in that space is highly necessary so that it, it's, it's a safe space for all players in the ecosystem another is governance right what are the rules of that of the space right so that uh the the, the public is the consuming public or users you know are not taking for granted another thing is interoperability you know you mentioned at some point that the CBN, you know, it's it's all over the e, e Naira project, right? How mm. interoperable will be will this digital currency be with, let's say, for example, um, the US dollar or the euro, you know, or the or the British pounds, right? You know, how how you know in, in Nigeria with the challenges with um, with with uh, with accessing forex, right? Is it possible that you have in your with your ENIR and you want to get some other currency? You can easily do that at the touch of a button. So those are some of the issues that um, in the medium and long term will need to be addressed to ensure you know a seamless process. Okay, great, great. Uh, you know, we just can go on and on, but uh, like I said, we seem to be running out of time. 
And, you know, we've just had really great interesting insights uh, that you just shared on blockchain and IP enforcement. Well, the good news that is that we are going to be having a, a workshop or um, a virtual event with the U.S. Patent and Trade Office on the same conversation. And Abby is going to be one of our uh, speakers. So uh, that this would hold on the 29th of uh, June at 3.30 p.m. And so uh, we still have the opportunity to get a lot more information about blockchain and, you know, IP enforcement and really overall educate ourselves uh, you know, about blockchain. Because like someone said, it's not just about NFTs and, uh, you know, crypto, but there are other things that we need to know about it and really get educated for. Some of us, it's really on this, having looking at it from a, blockchain technology 101 type of thing. Uh, so like I said, we'll go on and on, but unfortunately, we really have to end the show. I would like to thank you, Abby, for your appearance in today's episode. And, you know, um, and to the listening audience, we're saying please, uh, you know, follow us as always on the Business Exchange, um, on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow our social media at abcouncil underscore ng. And the Twitter and Instagram, on Twitter and Instagram, and American Business Council Nigeria on LinkedIn. And make sure you join the conversation and use the hashtag the ABC Business Exchange. So see you next time. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Abby, again, once again. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.